you may have realized that being healthy feels different than it did in the past now that you're over 50. If you want to maximize your health potential but don't have time to read through overwhelming pages of Google links, this is the show for you. Welcome to Healthy Tips After 50. We love doing the research, finding solutions, talking to health experts, and learning what works and what doesn't. Now, your host. She spent the last 25 years dedicated to feeling her best and is here to share her best findings with you, Susan Rosen. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Susan Rosen. And today my guest is Michael Rubino. And Michael looks like he has a pretty interesting background, and we will let him introduce himself and tell us a little bit more about himself. Perfect. Well, thank thank you so much for having me here today. Uh, My name is Michael Rubino, and I'm an indoor air quality expert. And, you know, as a little boy, not many people dream of becoming an indoor air quality expert, I would say. Uh, It wasn't until after Hurricane Sandy pummeled the Northeast, where I'm originally from, where I started seeing a pattern of people getting sick inside their own homes. And due to that and doing a deep dive into understanding the lab data, both internally from the person and from the house itself, watching this data correlate and coming up with protocols and procedures over the last 11 years uh, to really fix these houses so that people have healthy environments instead of toxic ones has really become a, a huge passion of mine. I founded a company called Home Cleanse, which helps people do that in their own home. And I also uh, co-founded a foundation called Change the Air Foundation, which is helping provide more accessibility to cleaner, healthier environments. Wow, that's pretty neat. Uh, so, hmm. uh, I don't even know where to start. Um, <laughs> so much information. So, do you, well, why don't you tell us a little bit more about about the air quality? And I mean, I know like, you know, between the fires and the cars and the, you know, everything else, obviously our air quality is nowhere near what it was even just probably 10 years ago. Although some places are, are actually are better, aren't they? Just because of law, new laws and... <clears throat> Totally. Yeah. I mean, outdoor air quality definitely influences us um, because obviously we live indoors. Mostly we spend 90% of our time indoors, according to the EPA. Uh, Mm. But the outdoors affects the indoors, right? So no no home is really hermetically sealed, which means that we have fires going on in Canada, California, et cetera. And those fires are uh, polluting the air. Um, all of that air is going to migrate inside and affect the 20,000 breaths that we take each day, right? So that is mm-hmm. that is definitely a problem. Uh, the other problem is because we spend 90% of our time indoors, thinking about air quality inside our homes is another right. thing that is often overlooked. And that brings us into the field of mold and bacteria and VOCs, mm. formaldehyde, all these amazing things that we might have heard about, but aren't really top of mind when we think about our homes and how healthy those homes might be influencing the 20,000 breaths that we take each day. Okay. So how I can, I can definitely understand that. I mean, I'm, we've been in our home for over 30 years now and um, you know, we've done some things to it, but um, 
I can actually see or think about, you know, we're all so big on sealing up our houses to stop water from getting in and right, all of those kinds of things, but we don't talk about air no. typically, right? Yeah, I mean, it's invisible, right? So it's yeah. it's something we look through, not look at. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. when you have something you look through, you know, you tend to miss things. What's really interesting is kind of as I started diving into this more and more over the past 11 years, what I really uh, discovered was that actually our dust has all kinds of microbial activity, like mold, like bacteria, even viruses, right? Um, There's toxins, there's allergens, there's other indoor pathogens that uh, affect us. Now, we think, oh, okay, well, I do a lot of dusting. That's not a big deal. Uh, I want you to think about it from this perspective. If you've ever sat on a couch near a window on a sunny day, you saw that ray of light peek through and refract off the dust, you've probably come to the conclusion that, holy crap, our dust is everywhere. It is. It's everywhere. And what's what's really interesting is if we have mold or bacteria inside of our homes, which um, frankly, based upon a lot of the studies being done, many homes have mold and bacteria in them. Uh, We really have this situation where a lot of these microbes become a part of our dust and then enter our body opportunistically every time we take a breath, right? And so the goal is, We have to first, if we really want to take control of this, right, and we want to understand how healthy is our home, testing our dust is a great place to start. And once you test the dust and you're looking for these different microbes or toxins, you might find something which might surprise you, which I probably most one of at least one of these species uh, of either mold or bacteria will be elevated, right? And then you'll be able to kind of play a game of detective and trace that back. Well, where is it growing? Um, I would tell you the number one place it typically grows is the HVAC system. Uh, And this is because HVAC systems have evaporator coils that constantly condensate. And if you know anything about mold or bacteria uh, or pretty much most microorganisms on this planet, it needs water to survive, right? That is the the catalyst for it to survive, grow, and thrive. And so because HVAC systems are wet, that's why we have drip pans that drain the water outside the house, it's typically a vulnerable uh, spot to have, Mm -hmm. you know, poor air quality inside the home. And of course, HVAC in modern buildings being the lungs of the home, this is one of the trouble spots we typically see. Okay. Oops. That was strange. Yeah. I don't know why it keeps starting and stopping. I know that is very weird. Hmm. Hmm. Is it? Hmm. I don't think it's me. Let's try this here. I just changed the uh, camera setting to another camera. Aha. Okay. I'm not sure why the other camera shorted out, but. Strange, huh? Yeah. yeah. <sighs> it's all the microbes. All the microbes. <laughs> at least I at least I got to finish a thought. Right. So it's a clean cut line. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Although sometimes I get lazy, I don't even do that. <laughs> but we'll see. Oh. Cool. <laughs> um, so the HVACC ah, see I can't even talk this morning. The HVAC systems. Um is that 
is that the the heating and the cooling i mean is that the air conditioning and the heating then Correct. Yeah. So HVAC stands for heating, ventilation, and air conditioning systems. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Not everybody realizes what things stand for. That's true. <laughs> um, so is there, tell, tell me a little bit more than about, about what you do when you come in and help people to make the air better. Yeah, I would say over the last 11 years, there's been a, mm -hmm. a, a lot of attention on toxins and how mm -hmm. that correlates to illness. Um, okay. There's hundreds of studies on PubMed or the NIH that discuss you know, mold mycotoxins, which is a toxin produced by certain species of mold, uh, mm -hmm. certain bacteria, essentially encompassing what we call environmental toxins, mm -hmm. how they are whether, whether it's causing or exacerbating, obviously the jury's out, but how mm -hmm. there are correlation between the way people are feeling uh, across the whole different spectrum of autoimmune disease. Dr. Mm -hmm. Dale Bredesen's done amazing work regarding oh, environmental yeah. toxins and inhalational Alzheimer's or early onset of dementia, right? So we're, we're understanding how certain environmental toxins can be neurotoxins, can cause neurodegenerative diseases, and so as we start to look at this and taking the statistics back of 90% of our time indoors, 20,000 breaths per day, we really start to get a sense of, okay, there might be a lot more influencing our health than we we've led to believe. Now there is, I'd like to bring your attention to the fact that we have never been sicker than we are today. I mean, it's a true statement. Go look at autoimmune disease on the rise. 74% uh, of U.S. adults right now are on at least one prescription medication, which is a 19% increase from the two, uh, two, three years ago, last time they checked. Um, we have 60% of the global population deals with at least one chronic condition. 40% of the global population deals with multiple chronic conditions. Mm -hmm. So you start to look at these, all of these numbers have been increasing since they've been actually recording this data. Mm -hmm. So it's, always struck me as interesting because, you know, I would, I would argue that we have better technology today than ever before. We have better access to medicine today than we've ever had before. There's more treatments, more, more medicines. Um, so how are we getting sicker, right? We have better access to organic produce. I mean, Costco has it these days, right? It's, it's not this, yep. uh, hard to find thing oh, yeah. anymore. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you go on all the blogs, you saw, talk about people exercising, eating better. I mean, we are trying, but we just aren't getting better. We're going in the worst direction. And as I've seen people get sick firsthand from having, you know, extreme water damage events with all the, you know, climate changing that we have going on, all these hurricanes, tornadoes, disasters that are mm -hmm. um, battering our society you know, we're starting to see more and more people get impacted by these, these events. And as we look at water damage and what that means, it means a whole microbe that gets developed oh inside of our God, homes yeah. that, that isn't typical. Um, and we start to look at this. There's a lot of systemic issues that allow this to exist. But one of the things, one of the main problems is that most people aren't aware of this. Mm-hmm, 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 yeah. No, that's, that's, that's very true. And with all of the, um, with the getting hotter, getting drier, and then getting huge amount of rain, 
um, it's it's really even worse because the whole way of trying to keep water out the dryness then dries it up. And if you don't find all the little places and all the little cracks, <laughs> yeah, you can get water into your house and you have no idea you even have it. Totally. And there's a couple of misnomers there too. You know, it takes me back to like third grade science class, right? Yeah. You have two surfaces touching one another uh -huh. and water spills in between them. What happens? Well, it takes an astronomical amount of time for it to dry. To give you a good reference of this, take a wet sponge, right? Splash some water on a counter, put the wet sponge on the counter. The water around the sponge will dry because there's no trap moisture because you don't have two yeah. surfaces touching one another. Yeah. But pick up that wet sponge the next morning and it's still wet underneath the sponge, but everything around it's dry. Heck, even the sides of the sponge itself are dry, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But why mm -hmm. is that? It's because when two surfaces touch one another, right? There's not enough airflow. Therefore, you have trapped moisture. So mm -hmm. when it when it leaks in our homes, right? We have to think about how are our homes assembled? Well, we have drywall typically or plaster, right? But then we have <laughs> insulation in between. Yeah. Yep. So now we have two surfaces touching one another. And then even if you don't have insulation in that wall, what about the two by fours behind that the drywall secures to, right? Yep. That's two surfaces touching one another. And so a lot of people, when they have these water events, Typically, a company comes in and cuts like two feet off the floor and uh, then dries yeah. it out and calls it a day. Well, maybe that's fine for a horizontal water event. But if the water came from top down, you're going to have all this trap moisture. And it sounds good, right? Because you have these professionals come in your home. This is just what they do. It's an mm -hmm. industry standard. We cut two feet off the bottom of the floor. Mm -hmm. But then they just put it all back together. And most people don't realize Wait, I should get that tested. I should probably make sure that there's not mold uh, or bacteria present, which yeah, you could easily yeah. test for. But we don't learn these things. You know, when we buy mm -hmm. a house, nobody gives us a guidebook. You know, welcome to home ownership. Here's what you need to know. No, we just kind of go and we, we're not proactive, right? We fix things when, you know, things when break. It it's obvious, yeah. right? And so, right. yeah, there's all these water events that occur throughout time however long we've owned the house and, and heck, even before we've owned the house, maybe someone else owned the house and whatever they experienced. Uh, yeah. And we inherit all these issues. And I think one of the bigger questions people typically ask me is like, well, why now? Right. Like, why is it such a problem now? You know, mold, for example, has been around forever. Like, why is this a problem now? Well, we have to understand mold has been around forever. You're, you're exactly right. And actually in Leviticus, the old Testament, there is literally a mold remediation protocol. I kid you not. Everyone should look this up. But it basically states that when they had mold or fungus that was growing inside their, their homes, they would uh -huh. scrub it down, have a, you know, somebody bless it. And if it came back, they would actually tear the house down and carry the stones far away from the village so that it wouldn't contaminate other homes. So this wow. isn't just a problem that's been a problem now. It's actually been a problem for, for as long as the Old Testament and Leviticus has been written uh, that wow. we know of. Yeah. Let, that, let's fast forward to some more recent times. 1970s. What did we deal mm -hmm. with? Energy crisis, right? Richard Nixon's president. We start going in this direction of energy efficiency. So -hmm. for those that don't know energy efficiency, it's really born out of the 1970s with this massive energy crisis. Oh, yeah. Global yeah. phenomenon. And with the right? oil, the oil crisis. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the oil crisis, right? So this was a problem. Mm -hmm. We needed to 
use less energy and conserve more energy. So out of that came this whole principle of energy efficiency. And since the 1970s, we have gone just further and further and further down this path of energy efficiency. And one of the caveats to this that we're not thinking about is how it impacts the air quality, right? And I will Uh, give you a prime example. If our houses are built with spray foam and you have very little exchange of air from inside to outside, Uh, that means there's no dilution of air, right? Well, did you know that a human being typically exerts about 39 million bacteria particles every time you exhale a breath? So all that. that bacteria that you release and think about a family of four, right? You're mm-hmm. releasing into an environment that's going to stick with you much longer because you don't have dilution of air. There's no air exchange from outside mm-hmm. to inside exchanging that air with these tighter built homes. So mm-hmm. we have this ability to get sicker inside of our homes because of what we're re-exposing ourselves to constantly. Then you think about things like water damage that happen in these super tight homes. Well, that mold or bacteria that starts thriving because of that water damage, guess what happens? Higher concentration is entering our body per breath we take again because there's no dilution from air exchange from inside to outside, Mm -hmm. right? Then we start adding chemicals and pet dander and just all the things, right? No, no. Uh, uh, Not (laughs) Not here, but (laughs) in some places, right? We start adding all these other elements to it. The average person, let's say, you're, you're creating this toxic soup inside your home and you have no idea. Why do we have no idea? Because it, these particles are so small, 25 to 50 times smaller than what the eye can see. And that's the crazy part. So our homes, in some cases, mm-hmm. could be making us sick and we have no idea because we're not thinking about it. We're not looking at it. We're looking through it. It's so small, we can't see it. The only really, really way to know is to test by testing your dust, sending it into a lab and seeing Mm. what's in there. Mm -hmm. And that's crazy because for many of us listening to this podcast, this is the first time you're hearing about something like this and that you could test your dust and that you could understand how healthy your home is and how it's impacting your body every breath that you take every single day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, not to mention your brain. Totally. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And especially, I won't, well, I was going to say, I shouldn't admit this, but I'm not the best cleaner. I'm good when I do it, but I don't do it very often. (laughs) Listen, you are a human being, right? Yeah. Some some human beings are amazing cleaners, right? So amazing that we give them a term. I think it's called OCD, right? And then some of us, you know, we clean when it becomes <clears throat> obvious that cleaning is right, needed. When you have to, yeah. right? And you're like, wait, this is pretty dusty around here. It's probably time to clean. Um, but we have, yeah. we have life, right? Life gets in the way. And, you know, cleaning might not be at the top of everybody's list. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a reality. And on top mm-hmm. of that, even if you're cleaning regularly, mm-hmm. you still are going to have some dust, right? It's impossible to get rid of all oh my dust God, yeah. in the way. And if you have other issues in your home that you might not know about, right, what's in that dust could not be, you know, might not be optimal for our health. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's time we start kind of looking at that and taking control of our environment instead Mm -hmm. of going down this rabbit hole of 
not feeling well, having all these symptoms like brain fog, chronic fatigue, gut issues, skin issues, not understanding what's going on, going to doctors for many years before mm. finally somebody says, have you ever checked your environment? And that's, that's the same, that's little tidbit of a story is the same mm -hmm. story that I hear over and over again, every single day. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure when they call you to come out and <clears throat> excuse me and, and check their environment. Totally. But it's like, <clears throat> what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get people to be aware before mm -hmm. they get sick, you know, yeah. take care of problems, <clears throat> make little changes while things are small and manageable. Because by the time you get sick, it's usually out of control. And now you have to kind of do all this work to, to fix things and get you back on track. Not to mention, you know, uh, you're now seeing doctors, right? And you're now on doctor's protocols. And not only does being sick affect our quality of life, but it costs money, right? Uh, right. And time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and especially when you get older <clears throat> and... You know, and you don't know whether the brain fog is because you're getting older or because of something else. And so right. you'll just attribute it to, oh, I'm just getting older and my memory's not as good. That's very, it's very possible. Now, mm -hmm. a lot of people do say that. <clears throat> I thought I was just getting older. You know, I thought these body yeah. changes were just part of that. Um, right. You know, and maybe in some cases it is. Mm-hmm. But what we're seeing is when people do yeah. address their environment, make it healthier, get mm -hmm. in better filters on their HVAC systems, you know, switch from chemicals to more botanical products, you know, figure out little leaks and stuff that might be happening and fix them. People are noticing just higher quality of life. You know, they're yeah. not as forgetful. The brain fog subsides. The, they feel like they have more energy than ever before. You know, mm -hmm. These are some of the, the common things mm -hmm. you hear about. And it's remarkable, right? Because it's, we're, we're really at the ground floor of this, you know, there, we're, mm -hmm. we're pioneering this new awareness of, Hey, <laughs> the air we breathe is so important. You know, yeah. when you think about it, it makes sense, right? You, you can, can barely mm -hmm. go a couple of minutes without air, but you can go days without food, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Weeks without food, days without water. Uh, so we look at this from this perspective, air is obviously extremely important to human health, mm -hmm. but we don't think about what's in our air and what our mm -hmm. body has to do to fight and remove what we're breathing in within our air. You know, the American mm -hmm. Lung Association says anything smaller than 10 microns in particle size <clears throat> is the greatest human health risk because it's so small, it bypasses our self-defense mechanisms and uh... immediately enters our bloodstream. Oh, good. That's, that's, that's the big problem here. Yeah. Now what's smaller than 10 <laughs> microns, mold, bacteria, toxins, allergens, all the things we hear about, right. but don't think yeah. about that. Well, that's why they've lived for so long, right? Longer yes. than us. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Okay. So now we know we have this problem. So what do we do about it? Everyone should get a dust test and test their dust. It's, it's not the most expensive. It uses PCR technology. You head mm -hmm. on over to the dusttest.com right now, pick up a dust test, test your dust. That is the best first step you can do. And you know, it's interesting about this, which um, is, is, is really important to comment on. 
when people think air quality and they mm -hmm. want to test for air quality, they mm -hmm. usually call a person and they test their air. Makes sense, right? Air quality, test your air. Yeah, yeah, no, I got it. The problem with the technology, though, is it's a little cassette uh -huh. and you run it for about five minutes. It collects typically 15 milliliters worth of air and whatever's in that sample, they'll be able to analyze under a microscope. Okay. And mic microscopy means that someone is looking under a microscope. They're physically counting what they see in the microscope. The problem with that is, first off, a lot of the microbes that are already part of our dust, the dust is too big to fit inside this cassette. Ah, so they miss sense. all of that stuff, right? Okay. The other issue, what do we learn from COVID, <clears throat> right? Everything travels typically about three to six feet from the source point. So if I'm te testing an air sample in the center of my room, which would be mm -hmm. the most likely place people would test the air, mm -hmm. that center might be more than six feet away from where a likely problem could be. <laughs> yeah. So you might miss actually any problems that might exist. Plus it'd kind of be impractical to test like every single room and triangulate that test. Oh yeah. But if you test the dust, what do we know about dust? It's going to kind of evenly distribute across our house. It's everywhere. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's so the we can, dust. and it's the same, right? So we can actually look for abnormalities in our dust that are somewhat fairly evenly distributed. You know, mm -hmm. of course, if you test dust closer to the source point, the numbers would be elevated. But you're, you're using it as a screening tool to just see what am I being exposed to? What is abnormal? What is normal? Typically, these things are color coded to tell you how abnormal it uh, is, et cetera. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then you can take that test and then bring on somebody, who, an inspector or something that can help you uh -huh. figure out, hey, where are these abnormal things coming from? It's got to be water somewhere. Where is that? And that's where you can kind of take things back okay. under control. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I know where most of our water is and where it comes in. <laughs> and it's in the back. <laughs> it's in the back. Yeah. Well, which is, which is over there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a get get pounded with the rain right now. Yeah. I'm getting sun in my face though. That's kind of weird. Let me close this. Sorry. No problem. So, okay. So people see doing the dust, you, you get, get whatever, I guess, whatever sample collector they have, that's the right yeah. size and all that. Um, you do that, you send it in, <clears throat> you get your report. And then how many people are there in different parts of the country that you can call who can actually come out and, and help. Well, um, there are quite a few amount of companies that actually okay. are able to inspect homes, uh, do scientifically evaluate, figure out what's right. happening, fix the problems. Right. So there are, <clears throat> there are definitely people all across the country. Um, obviously some larger Metro areas will have mm. probably more people, um, et cetera, but there mm -hmm. are, there are people out there. And the goal is, is to figure out, you know, first, do I have a problem? Is anything abnormal? Mm -hmm. How abnormal is it? You know, I think that really plays an important piece of this. If you see something that's like a thousand times higher than what it should be, probably want to take care of that, right? Yeah. Uh, these particles are very small, but a thousand times, you know, that's 
above normal. Um, I would argue that's something you probably want to take a look at. And then Mm -hmm. it's figuring out where is that opportunistically growing? Now, the thing about mold, for example, they typically grow in the same locations. You might have different species of mold Mm -hmm. growing and fighting over that same real estate of water. Uh, So typically you find a couple of different leaks throughout the house. You're going to find pretty much where the major sources are, where these things are growing. And you're going to want to, you know, remove the mold, <clears throat> fix mm-hmm. the opportunity for mold to grow, uh, whatever mm-hmm. is allowing this water to intrude, whether it's leaking pipes, water coming in from the outside, et cetera. Shower. Yeah, definitely. Cr- crawl spaces, basements, you know, you mm-hmm. name it, roof leaks, right? These things do happen. And once we correct these conditions, then it's from cleaning the home, removing these reservoirs of dust that have had these particles accumulate in over time. So we get a new equilibrium, you know, so that this way, every time we take a breath, we're breathing in less toxins, less mm-hmm. harmful byproducts. And that's how we kind of get, get ahead of this and get it under control. So it's kind of this little scientific process, you know, step-by-step. Step. Yeah. You retest everything. You'll see the levels go down, right. Which provides mm-hmm. you peace of mind, but also gets you to see like, this was all worth it. Right. We got uh-huh. improvements. Yeah. I mean, that's what we're looking for. And I think, you know, based upon just everything I've seen, and of course I'm biased because most of the people that I see are sick, do have problems in their home. We see them, the data's there, it all matches up. Uh, But I guess my concern is what about all the people that might not be sick right now, but might Mm -hmm. be getting sick over time, right? Because one Mm -hmm. of the things we don't Mm -hmm. know about is the longevity of this. You know, there's no set exposure limits, you know, there's no guidelines that tell us if we breathe in 20,000 mold spores, 20,000 times a day in two years, right? There's no thresholds that tell us in two years, this will cause this, right? So we're really at the um, ground floor of trying to understand this. We're doing uh, more doctors are doing more studies Mm. every single day. Uh, We're seeing a lot more information and data come out over time. But for right Mm -hmm. now, what we know is we're seeing, you know, symptoms occur in people when they have mm-hmm. these toxic environments, a lot of which people have no idea. You know, Gwyneth Paltrow is a client of mine, for example, right? Mm-hmm. I walk into mm-hmm. her home. Her home is immaculate. You would have never guessed there was a problem, right? And th- this, this is a quite a common theme, by the way. A lot of mm-hmm. people think, well, no, no, if I had a toxic home, it would look toxic. No, no, no. This home was toxic. Okay, we had levels to back it up, data to show, but yet wow. it looked perfect. I mean, mm-hmm. when we yeah. when we had discovered all these issues and we had to bring in the contractor, or the architect to look at everything, they were in full skepticism. Like, no way, this house is perfect, doesn't have a thing. It's like, no, it's got a lot of mold and bacteria, actually. Never forget this. Day one, we start lifting things up to take deeper looks. We lift up the bathtub and there is mold all on the bottom of the bathtub, all over the floor underneath the bathtub. And this oh. is, you know, where she spent a lot of time taking long baths and, oh, you know, no. you're, yeah. you're relaxing sanctuary, you know? Yeah. Wow. And of course, that was the day that the architect, the engineer, the contractor were like, okay, the, the data, the data is the data. Let's, let's keep moving forward. Let's move forward the suggestions. And it just, just like that, like a conga line. Okay. We found it here in the test. Let's take a look. 
lo and behold, there it is. Okay, we found this in the test. Let's take a look. Lo and behold, there it is. And across 10 different areas, you know, through all the HVAC systems, we found mm -hmm. it, right? Mm -hmm. And immediately after she's done, you know, first thing she says, and it's it's in a recording somewhere if anyone wants to, to find it and verify, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I just turned 50 and I'll be honest, energy was shot and I now feel like the way I felt when I was in my twenties, energy wise, I am, you know, back, back mm -hmm. to normal. Mm -hmm. When all these doctors were telling her, listen, you're getting older. <laughs> this is just part of life, you know? And now she didn't accept that. She went and did her, did her digging. Someone finally told her, check your environment. She does. She was yeah. absolutely shocked just as I was to yeah. see what we found. Right. And uh -huh. boom, now she's starting to feel better right after fixing the, the, the problems, right? And so, like I said, where a lot of this right now in terms of where we are in medicine, we're at an anecdotal state where people are making changes, they're noticing a difference in their quality of life, and we're able to document that. Mm -hmm. At some point, we'll have enough data to say, okay, well, this species of mold or this species of bacteria mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in 74% of people these are the symptoms that they experience. How will we know that soon? Well, because of the data we're collecting in homes, the uh, symptoms that people are get, are providing to us, mm -hmm. the medical labs that doctors are taking that correlates all these things together. You know, we're like I said, we're at we're at a new frontier here, understanding mm -hmm. the correlation between our environment and our health. Which, mm -hmm. of course, there's lots of medical journals and literature out there, but Who's really thinking about it? Mm -hmm. But it's oh, not yeah. a big common knowledge. No. We just think, well, if they tear out the yucky stuff and put in new stuff, we should be good to go. Yeah. Right. And, you know, that's part of the biggest issue that I've uncovered in the last 11 years is that a lot of this looks like it was fixed, mm -hmm. but scientifically you can show that there's still a problem. Uh -huh. Right. Yeah. And that's one of the common themes as I started getting into this industry, you know, uh, let's, let's take, take me back 11 years right after hurricane Sandy, mm -hmm. people are calling. I'm working for my dad at the time. My dad was a fire restoration contractor for 30 years. Oh, okay. okay I, I'm, I'm knocking on doors because people are calling, looking for estimates to fix their home. And they're, yeah. you know, I, I, they're giving me data paperwork that says they have mm -hmm. all these issues and I'm looking at the data and the data is like, this is off the charts. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh -huh. and, and as I'm looking at the data, I'm also looking at the wall that is supposedly off the charts. And I'm looking at it and I'm, I'm really looking and I'm like, this wall looks like it's brand new. How could it be? All right. So she wants it done. We do it. Right. I open up the wall. What I found behind that brand new looking wall was disgusting. And I was blown away. And that's mm -hmm. when I first realized that, okay. Well, insurance, what they do is they put it back together. It looks like nothing ever happened. But they never go far enough scientifically to make mm -hmm. sure that it truly never happened mm -hmm. using scientific data. And that's what I started to realize. Oh, my goodness. If we keep going down this road and people don't take the matter into their own hands, Think about every storm. Think about any time anyone ever has a leak. 
<laughs> what do people do? They call their insurance company. Insurance company makes sure it looks like it never happened. Doesn't right. take the extra step scientifically to prove that these areas are actually fixed. And then people get sick. Then they figure out it's their home. Sometimes they stay and fix it. Sometimes they leave. And it just gets passed down generation to generation. Now, this is why I believe we keep heading in the wrong direction because we're just not looking at it. And then we're allowing these systemic problems to exist and we're not confronting it. We're not, Mm -hmm. you know, banding together Mm -hmm. to fix it. Right. right? Yeah. And of course, I could be wrong. I don't think so. But if I'm right, (laughs) this could benefit seven and a half billion people. Yeah. Just being aware of this. Right. And I think that's why I'm here today sharing my story. Oh, no yeah, it's um, <clears throat> it's just logical, but then human beings aren't very logical, are they? So um, you have to beat them over the head with it we're, for we're, a long we're, time. <laughs> we try to be logical, but we have we have this thing called emotions too, right? And so mm-hmm. you know, emotions kind of kind of get in the way of logic sometimes. And yep. But the reality of the situation is too. It's um, I think we love to be blissfully ignorant sometimes you know mm-hmm. because well, what we yeah. don't know can't hurt us right in theory no i agree i agree and i think um that's what i was going to say it's kind of like well you know it, it's a it doesn't happen to me kind of thing yeah. oh yeah. yeah my neighbor had that but that yeah, i don't have problems like that in my house you know, it's really interesting because I would say a lot of families that I end up helping, mm-hmm. it's typically like the wife is extremely intuitive or the husband mm-hmm. is extremely intuitive. It's very rare they're both on the same page out of the gate. And either one or the other will tell me, you know, well, I don't notice anything. It's my husband or my wife or my kids. I don't notice anything. There's always one person in the family that says that. And it's remarkable because if you talk to that same person a year after they make some improvements, like, man, I have better energy. I have, you know, there was all these things that I thought no way could be attributed to that have, that have gotten much better. Maybe it's skin issues, whatever it is. Right. Yeah. And it's always remarkable because, you know, think about health it's typically such a slow degradation over time mm-hmm. that you wake up one day and you're like, did I always feel this tired? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Right. And so for some people they're, they're so in tune with their body that, they, you know, with a couple of weeks goes by and something's off, they know right away, something's off. Mm-hmm. I'm going to the doctor. Yeah. I, I don't get it. But some people, and I actually am like this too. Yeah. After 10 years of going in people's homes, I had to, you know, go see doctors and get my body straightened out because yeah. I had started developing some issues, right? Uh-huh. I'm but it, sure. it, for me, it was like, it took me 10 years, right? To then say, wait, uh, I, don't, I don't feel quite the way I felt back then, 10 years ago. Maybe I'm getting older. Maybe it's because I have two little kids. Maybe it's because I've been in people's houses for 10 years that might have not been the best places at all uh, bingo so i said well, why don't why don't we start there right 
I go and get, I start doing some detox stuff. I start, you know, really trying to remove toxins from my body and do all these things. Mm -hmm. And when that, in that 30 day period, never felt better. Right. Mm -hmm. And again, it was like going back to that, that thing where these toxins accumulate in our body over time. Oh yeah. And if we're not actively trying to remove them, you know, Mm -hmm. some people have better immune systems than others for sure. And they just, doesn't matter what oh, they're yeah. exposed to, what they're eating, right? They Thank just you. get it out. Yeah. Right. Well, that's, yeah, that's definitely something, you know, um, there's a bunch of myths, right? Like with mold, mm-hmm. yeah. people have been using bleach forever. Oh, yeah. Right. And we found out that bleach doesn't do the doesn't trick. Do shit. Yeah. Yeah. And, but still to this day, people will say like, well, why don't you just throw some bleach on it? It's like, well, man. You have to read up on current literature because that's not the right thing to do. Check the EPA's CDC's website, you know, take a look. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, the other thing that the other misnomer is that, well, the water dried up. So therefore I don't have to do anything because it's no longer leaking. Well, yeah. if it's been leaking for a year before you found it and fixed it, and mold and bacteria started to grow in that wall cavity, for example, the mold and bacteria doesn't just die off. Right. It'll go dormant. We're talking about like the cockroaches of our, our you know, microbiological ecosystem. <laughs> right? These things will last forever. I mean, I've oh, seen, I've seen uh-huh. mold that, that was believed to be from a leak 10 years prior that has since been oh fixed 10 years ago. And test that wall and still find mold actively alive, producing spores. Now, probably not as many as Mm -hmm. as if it were still wet, but it's still there. It's still affecting the environment, right? Mm -hmm. The other danger too with with specifically mold and bacteria is as they do start to die off and become brittle, they're going to break up into tiny particles, right? What do we know about a particle Uh... in, in this universe, right? Particle cannot be created nor destroyed. Yeah. So think about it. You kill a weed in your backyard. It just shrivels up, but there's still a particle there. It doesn't mm-hmm. just disappear. It doesn't vanish. Right. Yeah. Right. Microbiological. Another part. <laughs> right, it brittles up, it dies and maybe becomes a thousand little particles. Right. So yeah. they, they just get smaller and smaller and smaller and harder for the body to, to remove. With this being said, we have this Leak 10 years ago, all this mold and bacteria brittles up, breaks apart, dies off. Well, what do they do when they die off? They produce toxins with uh, bacteria, typically endotoxins as they die off. Okay. And those also link to various health complications and things that we don't want to have in our environment, right? And so mm-hmm. it's not enough to just fix the water. We want to actually remove any mold or bacteria that might exist because of that water, especially mm-hmm. over time. Because these things grow and colonize and become bigger and larger and mm. whole families, 250,000 spores of mold can fit on the head of a pin just to give people some perspective. Oh my right? God. So there oh. can be a lot, millions God. and billions yeah. of them there. Yeah. Wow. And then does it get into the heating system and the air conditioning system? I mean, the actual furnace and... Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. So molds typically between two and four microns. Um, Mm -hmm. Most filters don't get that small. 
Right. So meaning a lot of mold and bacteria and toxins pass through our filters that we typically would uh-huh. get at like big box stores. Right. Uh-huh. And then they get into the blower and they get into the coil. And mm-hmm. particularly the danger part is going to be the coil because it mm. does condensate. So that's the part that provides AC. Okay. Um, any part of the HVAC system that has a coil that can mm-hmm. condensate and develop moisture Mm-hmm. You you get into an issue where now the HVAC system becomes a mold and bacteria factory, right? And it starts mm-hmm. creating these mm-hmm. more and more particles and then spreading them through the ducts and stuff like that, right? So it's actually interesting because most of the homes that I see, you'll mm-hmm. find a couple little problems across the house, right? Maybe a bathtub's been leaking, they had no idea. You know, some sort of plumbing device has been leaking, they have no idea. Maybe they have a small little window that's leaking, what have you. And you look at the data and maybe there's 50,000 spores here or there, but then you test the HVAC system and there's millions present. Why is that? Because opportunistically, those little 50,000 spores that are created every cubic uh, centimeter. Yeah, they went, we went new they home. Get, they get in, yeah, they, they, they're they creating spores and toxins that are then circulating throughout the house, becoming part of our dust that then gets into our HVAC system. And that is a brand new, almost always wet environment for them to start to thrive in. And so you'll see just it compounds tremendously. And for what I believe, I believe that is where actually people start to notice changes in their health because it just starts growing like wildfire in their HVAC systems. And then it distributes Uh it so much more. And that's where I think people really start to take notice. And so it's like, what do you do with that? Well, we have to look at the five areas across your house. How bad are they, right? Some of them are going to be worse Mm -hmm. than others. Let's pick the worst areas, make sure that from a budget perspective, cost Mm -hmm. versus worth, let's make sure we're getting value Mm -hmm. out of what we're spending to maybe open a wall. Mm -hmm. And then we want to make sure we're getting the systems properly cleaned and then upgrading the filtration system. Because as I said before, mold being between two and four microns, we need something that can capture at a minimum two microns. Bacteria typically smaller, you know, want to make sure we're capturing something. And there are filtration systems today that can get down to seven nanometers in particle size, which is great. That's probably what we want because now we're getting into the realm of viruses. It can capture certain Uh. viruses. Okay. Which would also be great because as we already know, it's probably one of the bigger microbiological contaminants we know about, right? That make us sick is viruses. Well, good. So if we can protect ourselves against viruses, mold, bacteria, toxins, allergens, we're, we're, we're getting into a a good place here. Uh Yeah. Yeah. But so to do that, do you have to have something that that's running all the time then? I mean, yeah, you'll, yeah, most people will need to install a, you know, filtration system into their uh-huh. HVAC systems to get something that small. Meaning a lot of the our units that are already come, you know, pre-packaged when we call our HVAC guy and say we need a new system, uh-huh. you're going to have probably like a one inch filter media. That's all the space you'll have. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to get that small of a particle with a one inch filter media, you'll need probably a legit, you know, like this thick filter media installed. Um, Mm. 
but they exist. You can get mm-hmm. them. You can get them shipped right to your house right now. Mm-hmm. Have your local HVAC system technician install them mm-hmm. and have better protection. The problem is, is that uh, for some reason, our HVAC people who you would think would be trained in all of this stuff really aren't something more for but something more for them to, to sell, you know, you I, would think. Right? You know, uh, I think their, their sweet spot is the UV lights, which unfortunately mm-hmm. are not going to protect the okay. entire system from microbial mm-hmm. growth. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, cause that, that was my other, that that's where I was, my, my little brain was going, which was, is this a system that then needs to be run 24 hours a day, every day? Uh, for the most part, you know, once it becomes part of your HVAC system, it essentially is going to filter out particles as long as your HVAC system is running. Right. Right. And my point is that like today, okay, the heat's not on, the air conditioning's not on. There's no HVAC running. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so it wouldn't be capturing anything. Because the HVAC is not running. And that's true. You know, we're, we probably run the heat more than we run the air conditioning during the year. Um, But, you know, we try really hard not to be running either one, especially these days, my God, you know, with the cost. Um, So it kind of, defeats the purpose, right? You put it on your HVAC and it just sits there. (laughs) Well, in this case, I see what you're saying. It defeats Mm -hmm. the purpose of, you know, a true filter because if it's not Mm -hmm. running, it's not capturing particles. That's true. Right. Yeah. But I would argue that it's still a smart investment. You want to know why? Mm -hmm. Because anytime that HVAC system is running without a good filter, it's vulnerable, right? Right. It's putting out bad stuff. Yeah. Well, not only is it putting out bad stuff, but more bad stuff is getting into it, you know? Oh, yeah. So if we can have something that protects the unit for when Mm -hmm. it is running, then Mm -hmm. we have peace of mind. Now we don't, bad stuff's not getting to it. Bad stuff's not growing in it. And now the air that we are breathing when the system's running is going to be cleaner Mm -hmm. air. I think Mm -hmm. that is really the, I care more about protecting the system, right? Mm -hmm. Because when it is running, that's when it's obviously vulnerable. Then I do about the, you know, air purification qualities. Because for your sake, because yeah. it's not running year round, you you probably would stand more economical with some of the stand-up purifiers that you plug in, keep in the bedroom. Mm. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, then that was my, that was kind of where I was going. It's like, okay, well... You know, if this doesn't make a lot of logical sense, <laughs> then what else do we do, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, air purification devices, just like we purify our water, uh-huh. purifying our air, uh-huh. not a bad idea. Also limits uh-huh. the amount of dust spreading across the house, uh-huh. which means okay. less cleaning. Everybody likes less cleaning. Okay. So the more dust you capture out of the air. You're talking to somebody who doesn't clean it. <laughs> So there's no less. <laughs> <laughs> well, in this case, less is more when you have the air purifiers there you go. coming you in. You got it. That's yep. right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Huh. Yeah. Um, interesting. Okay. 
I gotta, I gotta dive back, dive a little deeper into all of this, figure out what we should do. So, Definitely. So, are and there are there people in the area? What do you, you know? I mean, is there is there like, do you have a website or something where you've got people that yeah. then we could contact or, or you know, give me some information because we're running over here. Some information about where people can find you where they can find yes. more information where can they find other people yes yeah, so the first thing you want to do as i said you want to test your dust go to the dusttest.com okay. easiest place to get it okay. it's an at-home test kit ships to your house you collect dust okay. there's videos to watch super simple collect okay. the dust goes to a lab pcr technology tells you what's in the dust comes with okay. a free consultation as part okay. of it so you can okay. understand what the results mean and then okay. take any next steps you might want to take depending on what that data suggests. Okay. From there, if you think you have a problem, you might want to bring in an expert to help you figure out where it's coming from. The dust test can help with that because they'll provide you with resources that you can okay. uh, find credible people. And okay. then if you actually do have a problem and you mm -hmm. figure out where it's coming from, then home mm -hmm. cleanse can help. You can go to homecleanse.com, get set up mm -hmm. a free call, talk to one of the team members about how they can help, what they might do, what they suggest, et cetera, to mm -hmm. help you create a healthy environment. Not just maybe opening up walls, but just looking at the, the home as a, as a whole. Mm -hmm. HVAC systems, better filtration systems, you know, just doing uh -huh. a whole audit yeah. of how can we improve uh -huh. the environment. Uh -huh. And then if you notice a difference and you want to help us make real change mm -hmm. out here, then you become a fan of changetheairfoundation.org and uh -huh. you help us make a difference, create awareness. And one of the big things we're doing is policy reform, right? Because there's uh, systemic problems, yeah. like the way we build homes, maintain them, restore them, buy and sell that. them, right? A couple, mm -hmm. couple big problems mm -hmm. that we're confronting here as a group that we're contacting congressmen and congresswomen across mm -hmm. the, the country to help change some laws here in every different state. Right yeah. now, we're advocating for legislative changes in 12 different states. Um, so- Good. If you want to change laws in your state, volunteer. You can help us yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, California's got probably more than most. Still they not do. enough. Not more than most. California is great, but yes, it's still not enough, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you this: mold is not listed as a health hazard in any state in the United oh, States. Wow. That's how archaic things are. So we have <sighs> some work to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think so. Well, on that happy note, I will um, I will thank Michael for being on and um, bringing all of us a lot of very important information for sure, especially for those of us over fifty. And. I will tell everybody, which I usually do, which is that I will be seeing them next week. This has been Healthy Tips After 50 with Susan Rosen. To stay on the cutting edge of the most effective health strategies, subscribe to this podcast and let us know what you thought of the show with a comment or like on iTunes. Visit healthytipsafter50.com for this episode's show notes, more resources, and free offers.